Section twenty of a Romance of Two Worlds by Marie Corelli. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter eleven A Miniature Creation. Part two. Suddenly a clear voice said, Welcome, and looking up I saw my first friend, Azel. I smiled in glad recognition. I would have spoken, but lo, a wide immensity of blazing glory broke like many-coloured lightning around me, so dazzling, so overpowering, that I instinctively drew back and paused. I felt I could go no further. Here, said my guardian gently, here ends thy journey. Would that it were possible, poor spirit, for thee to pass this boundary. But that may not be, as yet. In the meanwhile thou mayest gaze for a brief space upon the majestic sphere, which mortals dream of as heaven. Behold, and see how fair is the incorruptible perfection of God's world. I looked and trembled. I should have sunk yet further backward, had not Azel and my angel guide held me with their light yet forcible clasp. My heart fails me now as I try to write off that tremendous, that sublime scene, the centre of the universe, the cause of all creation. How unlike heaven, such as we in our ignorance have tried to depict, though it is far better we should have a mistaken idea than none at all. What I beheld was a circle, so huge that no mortal measurements could compass it, a wide ring composed of seven colors, rainbow-like, but flashing with perpetual motion and brilliancy, as though a thousand million suns were forever being woven into it, to feed its transcendent luster. From every part of this ring darted long broad shafts of light, some of which stretched out so far that I could not see where they ended. Sometimes a bubbling shower of lightning sparks would be flung out on the pure ether, and this would instantly form into circles, small or great, and whirl round and round like enormous girdle of flame, from which they had been cast, with the most inconceivable rapidity. But wonderful as the ring was, it encompassed a sphere yet more marvellous and dazzling, a great globe of opal-tinted light, revolving as it were upon its own axis, and ever surrounded by that scintillating jewel-like wreath of electricity, whose only motion was to shine and burn within itself forever. I could not bear to look upon the brightness of that magnificent central world, so large that multiplying the size of the sun by a hundred thousand millions, no adequate idea could be formed of its vast proportions, and ever it revolved, and ever the rainbow ring around it glittered and cast forth those other rings, which I knew now were living solar systems, cast forth from that electric band, as a volcano casts forth fire and lava. My angel guide motioned me to look towards that side of the ring which was nearest to the position of the earth. I looked and perceived that there the shafts of descending light formed themselves as they fell into the shape of a cross. At this such sorrow, love, and shame overcame me, that I knew not where to turn. I murmured, "'Send me back again, dear angel. Send me back to that star of sorrow and error. Let me hasten to make amends there for all my folly. Let me try to teach others what now I know. I am unworthy to be here beside thee. I am unfit to look on yonder splendid world. Let me return to do penance for my sins and shortcomings.' For what am I that God should bless me? And though I should consume myself in labor and suffering, how can I ever hope to deserve the smallest place in that heavenly glory I now partly behold? And could spirits shed tears? I should have wept with remorse and grief. 
Azul spoke softly and tenderly. Now thou dost believe, henceforth thou must love. Love alone can pass yon flaming barrier. Love alone can gain for thee eternal bliss. In love and for love were all things made. God loveth his creatures. Even so let his creatures love him, and so shall the twain be drawn together. Listen, added my angel guide, thou hast not travelled so far as yet to remain in ignorance. That burning ring thou seest is the result of the Creator's ever-working intelligence. From it all the universe hath sprung. It is exhaustless and perpetually creative. It is pure and perfect light. The smallest spark of that fiery essence in a mortal frame is sufficient to form a soul or spirit, such as mine, or that of Azel or thine, when thou art perfected. The huge world rolling within the ring is where God dwells. Dare not thou to question his shape, his look, his mien. Know that he is the supreme spirit in which all beauty, all perfection, all love, find consummation. His breath is the fire of the ring. His look, his pleasure, cause the motion of his world, and all worlds. There where he dwells, dwell also all pure souls. There all desires have fulfillment without satiety, and there all loveliness, wisdom, or pleasure, known in any or all of other spheres, are also known. Speak, Azel, and tell this wanderer from heaven what she will gain in winning her place in heaven. Azel looked tenderly upon me and said, when thou hast slept the brief sleep of death, when thou art permitted to throw off for ever thy garb of clay, when by thine own ceaseless love and longing thou hast won the right to pass the great circle, thou shalt find thyself in a land where the glories of the natural scenery alone shall overpower thee with joy, scenery that for ever changes into new wonders and greater beauty. Thou shalt hear music such as thou canst not dream of, Thou shalt find friends beyond all imagination fair and faithful. Thou shalt read and see the history of all the planets, produced for thee in an ever-moving panorama. Thou shalt love and be beloved forever by thine own twin soul. Wherever that spirit may be now, it must join thee hereafter. The joys of learning memory, consciousness, sleep, waking, and exercise shall all be thine sin sorrow pain disease and death thou shalt know no more thou shalt be able to remember happiness to possess it and to look forward to it thou shalt have full and pleasant occupation without fatigue thy food and substance shall be light and air flowers rare and imperishable shall bloom for thee birds of exquisite form and tender voice shall sing to thee angels shall be thy companions Thou shalt have fresh and glad desires to offer to God with every portion of thy existence, and each one shall be granted as soon as asked. For then thou wilt not be able to ask anything that is displeasing to him. But because it is a joy to wish, thou shalt wish, and because it is a joy to grant, so also will he grant. No delight, small or great, is wanting in that vast sphere. Only sorrow is lacking and satiety and disappointment have no place wilt thou seek for admittance there or wilt thou faint by thy way and grow weary i raised my eyes full of ecstasy and reverence my mere efforts must count as nothing i said but if love can help me i will love and long for god's world until i die 
my guardian angel pointed to those rays of light i had before noticed that slanted downwards towards earth in the form of a cross that is the path by which thou must travel mark it well all pilgrims from the sorrowful star must journey by that road woe to them that turn aside to roam mid spheres they know not of to lose themselves in seas of light wherein they cannot steer remember my warning and now spirit who art commended to my watchful care thy brief liberty is ended thou hast been lifted up to the outer edge of the electric circle further we dare not take thee hast thou aught else to ask before the veil of mortality again enshrouds thee i answered not but within myself i formed a wild desire the electric ring flashed fiercely on my uplifted eyes but i kept them fixed hopefully and lovingly on its intensely deep brilliancy if love and faith can avail me i murmured i shall see what i have sought i was not disappointed the fiery waves of light parted on either side of the spot where i with my companions rested and a figure majestic unutterably grand and beautiful approached me at the same moment a number of other faces and forms shone hoveringly out of the ring one i noticed like an exquisite lovely woman with floating hair and clear earnest unfathomable eyes azel and the angel sank reverently down and drooped their radiant heads like flowers in hot sunshine i alone daringly yet with inexpressible affection welling up within me watched with unshrinking gaze the swift advance of that supreme figure upon whose broad brows rested the faint semblance of a crown of thorns a voice penetratingly sweet addressed me mortal from the star i saved from ruin because thou hast desired me i come even as thy former unbelief shall be now thy faith because thou lovest me i am with thee for do i not know thee better than the angels can have i not dwelt in thy clay suffered thy sorrows wept thy tears died thy deaths one with my father and yet one with thee i demand thy love and so through me shalt thou attain immortal life i felt a touch upon me like a scorching flame a thrill rushed through my being and then i knew that i was sinking down down further and further away i saw that wondrous figure standing serene and smiling between the retiring waves of electric radiance i saw the great inner sphere revolve and glitter as it rolled like an enormous diamond encircled with golden sapphire and then all suddenly the air grew dim and cloudy and the sensation of falling became more and more rapid azel was beside me still and i also perceived the outline of my guardian angel's form though that was growing indistinct i recalled the request of heliobus and spoke azel tell me what shadows rest upon the life of him to whom i am now returning azel looked at me earnestly and replied thou daring one seekest thou to pierce the future fate of others is it not enough for thee to have heard the voice that maketh the angels singing silent and wouldst thou yet know more i was full of a strange unhesitating courage therefore i said fearlessly he is thy beloved one azel thy twin soul and wilt thou let him fall away from thee when a word or sign might save him even as he is my beloved so let him not fail to hear my voice replied azel with a tinge of melancholy for though he has accomplished much he is as yet but mortal thou canst guide him thus far tell him 
when death lies like a gift in his hand, let him withhold it and remember me, and now, my friend, farewell. I would have spoken again, but could not. An oppressed sensation came over me, and I seemed to plunge coldly into a depth of inextricable blackness. I felt cramped for room, and struggled for existence, for motion, for breath. What had happened to me? I wondered indignantly. Was I a fettered prisoner? Had I lost the use of my light aerial limbs that had borne me so swiftly through the realms of space? What crushing weight overpowered me? Why such want of air and loss of delightful ease? I sighed restlessly and impatiently at the narrow darkness in which I found myself, a sorrowful, deep, shuddering sigh, and woke. That is to say, I languidly opened mortal eyes to find myself once more pent up in mortal frame, though I retained a perfect remembrance and consciousness of everything I had experienced during my spirit wanderings. Heliobus stood in front of me with outstretched hands, and his eyes were fixed on mine with a mingled expression of anxiety and authority, which changed into a look of relief and gladness, as I smiled at him and uttered his name aloud. End of section 20